I feel very feminine, and I'll beat the crap out of anyone who disagrees. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 9, finally. Sorry for such a delay, but, well, I was out of town, so we couldn't record, and then we had technical difficulties, but we're finally up and running. So, I'm Demis, and we're going to let Deadly get started today. Alright. So this week, I'm going to talk about instant roleplay, because I know a lot of people have been wanting to do it or trying to do it and had some trouble, so I said, why not? So when you first start out, especially with pickup groups, you want to ask if they want to roleplay first, because even on roleplay servers, sadly, not everybody roleplays, so you want to verify that first, so you don't get mocked either, because people still do that, sadly. And then also, when you are role-playing, you want to keep it friendly. If you're treating somebody else in your group mean, even for the sake of quote-unquote role-play, it's not going to have a very positive turnout, just because they don't know you that well, especially when it's pickup groups, so you want to be nicer. And you also don't want to inconvenience others when you're role-playing, in an instance especially, because you still want it to run smoothly. Like you said, you don't want to make enemies when you're just kind of role-playing in an instance. So after you've got your group together, when you're starting it, you want to have a brief knowledge about the instance. Here, I'll cut it out. So when you're starting, you want to have a brief knowledge about the instance, like I said before. So if you were, per se, in Scarlet Monastery, you don't have to know the whole backstory about it, but you want to have a general idea. So, I mean, if you have no idea what Scarlet Monastery is about at all, you're going to seem a little foolish. And also, you want to recognize the races and the classes that are in your party. So, like how my character is a blood elf, and she normally speaks in Talassian because that's like her native language in a sense. So, if you're with a group of trolls and orcs and undead who can't understand it, you're going to want to have to speak in orcish simply to make it go smoothly and everybody can understand you. And also the classes is that you want to have the right class type to finish the instance. And then also, even if you're not in a pickup group, you still want to ask the group if they want to role play, just to make the understanding a lot better as well. And also, you want to get there properly and efficiently to the location of where your instance is. But if you do have trouble getting there, the great thing about role play is that you can play that up. So you can even make up a little story about how you had to do this or that task or something holds you up and... Now you're here now, but you can still explain it, and it'll give people a little thing to talk about as well. And one major thing is that you want to verify with the group whether the role play will take place in party chat or slash stay chat, because every person, every group, it varies. It also varies guild to guild. A lot of guilds, like if you're doing a full guild run, some guilds will say if it's a roleplay guild, whether it's in or out of chat. And if you're running with everybody's in a guild except for you, you want to kind of ask, make sure, and be sure, because it can be really confusing. Even though it's pretty easy to roleplay everything you're going to say, some people don't like to have to take that extra second to think. They'd rather just not have to worry about it in party chat. Yeah, so it varies. I think most roleplay in instances takes place in slash stay. That's how I do it. And I save the out-of-character organizing stuff for party chat. But that's just me. 
And then one thing is that there's mods that will help you sort of not really help you roleplay, but it'll enhance it. One is called Battle Cry, which Lorem actually has done on her other podcast where she talked about it. But Battle Cry is pretty much that it'll assign names and sayings to every spell or attack or event that happens to your character. So if you were, per se, using a fire spell, like fire blast or something, then you can assign a certain saying to that. And you can also put a cooldown on it and a percentage of how long it'll happen. And uh, the good thing about Battle Cry is that you can customize every saying to your per- your character's personality. So it doesn't always have to just be some boring, formal kind of a, I'm cheaping this or that. You can add personality to the mod as well. And with Roleplay Helper, I don't necessarily use it because, in a sense, it sort of has the same thing as Battlecry. So Roleplay Helper, it sort of has your character speak for them, defending on their race and their class. And if you can't think of any certain battle cries per se, it's a good one to use. And then the other one is called My Roleplay, which you will see on a lot of servers where you have it installed and you can add a last name, a like a surname, a title to your character. You can add the description, the way, the height, the lore of your character. And the really cool thing about that mod is that when you have it installed, say, my character's name is Deadly, but she goes by Illyria a lot of the time, so that's her original name, is that under her name, I'll put her name as Illyria, and as the character box, that's what will show up as it. So that's the cool thing as well. I love my role play. It makes it really nice also if a character has a history. It makes it really easy without having to get out of WoW and go to their character blog. I know Sundaria uses it to just give a little history about how she ended up on that server in roleplay form, how she's a mage and she accidentally created a portal to another universe instead of to a city. So that's really cool. You can always, once again, play up the mods and fix them and tweak them how you would want to do it. And then... After you get the whole roleplay thing situated, then the actual roleplay takes place. And a lot of the instance roleplay is a lot like regular roleplay, but it's in a different setting. So it has more of a main plot and an objective, which is normally finishing the instance itself or quest that you have within the area. So it's sort of like you're in a book, per se, because you you have a goal and your group is working towards it. And also, depending on the setting of the dungeon, it can determine your person's reactions. So if you were in a spooky ghost town kind of a place like Stratholme, then your character could either be really scared if they have a certain fear of ghosts or undead or something like that. Or if they are an undead themselves or just really brave, they can show that out, which is really great about instances, is that you're role-playing with your environment as well as with other players as well. Um, you want to keep also in mind the length of your dungeon run as well, your instance run, because you don't want to be in an instance for five hours, especially in a pickup group, unless everybody says, we want to spend all our time in here actually role-playing. I know that two nights ago, or three nights ago, we and one of my friends, we got bored and we were sitting around, and we cleared out Scarlet Monastery, we two-manned it, and we sat there and we role-played for an hour or two in where Doan stands. But 
the length is really important. And it also determines about how much dialogue you want to include when role-playing. So if you want to be having 20-minute conversations between fights, then you want to let the group know and kind of verify it because instances are working together anyways without role-playing. And then also empty rooms is a great place to explore and talk about and start conversation that way because, like I said, when I was in Scarlet Monastery, we were in the library, and it has a lot of bookcases and books and shelves and paintings, and it was a really good place to look around and have a conversation about it as well. Yeah, after you've cleared an instance is probably the best time to really role play. That or when you're sitting down drinking, buffing, eating, and all that good stuff. When you're not trying to fight and when it's not going to impede your process of getting through the instance. Right. And also, I remember we had an email maybe two episodes ago from Punchbowl or Lumid from All Add-ons where he was talking about how his character has a different side to him when he's fighting because he's a shadow priest. So when he's in shadow form, he has this different kind of a side. And I think that's a great way to show people how your character is different, especially in role-playing. Also by using Battle Cry because their sayings would be different. But even in the heat of a battle, how your character would respond, it's a great place to even have people ask questions like, why did you do that, or that kind of thing as well. Um, some of the conflicts also that you'll come across is dying in an instance. It really does vary. I know a lot of people, they'll just say that they were severely injured, or they were unable to get up or maybe just even died and got resurrected. So people find different ways how to play that up as well. And it's the same thing when you're party wipes in most cases. Um, also, if your character has to leave early for real life or in-game purposes, then you want to make up an excuse. So, like, you want to have your character say, I have to go do this, or my master summoned me, or that kind of thing in character, but you still want to let them know out of character that I have to go for a certain reason, or you have to go in general. Because it's more just common courtesy to let people know instead of just getting up and leaving. That's probably my pet peeve, is um, people, like, just saying, I'm sorry, you know in giving some roleplay excuse and then not giving a real-life excuse. I mean, don't feel that you have to, but you probably should because it'll probably make your members like you a whole lot more. Because I know that when someone just quits suddenly, it's no fun. Yeah, I use excuses like that even on my PvP server where the group really is not working out or I have to go in real life or get some work done. So sometimes I'll make up a really fake excuse and people leave me because they don't really know me. But other times I'll just tell them flat out. I think it's a more instance common courtesy thing for everybody. Yeah, it's definitely a common courtesy. And that's really all I have for this week, though. All right. Well, on that note, I did something very similar. For me, I did group etiquette. I was in a group, and we were doing a little bit of role-playing, but not a whole lot, and I had thought when we originally started this podcast about doing group etiquette, and then I said, well, everybody 
role players and non-role players know at least the basics of group etiquette. Well, I was wrong. And I'll never assume that again. So we're going over group etiquette, both role-playing and no-role-playing. It just makes your life easier if you know group etiquette. There's a couple of things. Be prepared before the run. Repair your gear, restock on reagents, ammo, food, water, etc. You may not always have a mage for vending purposes, because yes, as mages, I am a vending machine. Thank you, Warcry. It says that when I uh, make food and water. But um, be on time or early for the run. Don't start a quest when you've committed to running. If you suddenly start saying, give me 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes has a tendency to turn into 30 more minutes, and then your whole group is waiting to summon you, and here you are still questing. Forget it. It's not worth it. Just go ahead and do it. If you're going to commit yourself to do an instance, do an instance. Do not say AFK for dinner or shower or chores or whatever and put yourself on follow because you could make the difference that way between wiping and winning. And I try really, I know with my life, it's really hard. I have a grandmother who lives with me. I have a four-year-old sister. I, I have live in a huge house and sometimes it's hard not to go AFK, but I try really hard because it really can make a huge difference and you really should. You know, only go AFK if there's an emergency or if you absolutely have to. Things like parents you can't control. Yeah, I get that a lot from people. Especially what I hate is right before a boss, I'm going to go take a smoke break now. And it's like, um, yeah, that just, uh, I get it a lot and I really hate it. But if you're going to be doing an instance, like even before you get in queue, make sure you have everything done. So make sure you have your chores your personal needs done before you even get in queue for it because a lot of the time just if you're taking an hour or finishing a quest or say you had a instant outlands and you were all the way in Azeroth you just people will kick you they'll be thinking of like ways how to replace you a lot of the time but I think the only acceptable excuse is if somebody has kids or something and they have to take care of that because I mean well Family over Warcraft. Yeah, family should come before Warcraft, but if you're going to commit to a run, you should try to be prepared for that time that you're going to run. And another thing that you should take note of is looting. Don't loot the boss if people have died. I mean, come on. You know there's going to be good loot. You know they're not going to get a chance to roll for it. So why are you going to do it? Respect other players, no matter how much you hate them. No matter how impolite they are, you should wait till they're back to their body or where they can still get the roll and have a chance for the item. Especially if it turns out that you can't use the item and they can't, then you feel really bad. Yeah, I get that a lot. Normally, people have to wait for me to come back and resurrect everybody because I'm the priest. But a lot of times they just don't. And sometimes people don't even get the loot and then it's this big argument. People leave and it's just really ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I know I accidentally did that to someone on a run, and there was a really good blue drop, and I felt horrible because I had absolutely no use for it. We had a 60 running us, because this was before Burning Crusade, and he really needed the item, and he was dead, and he getting, didn't get the drop. So, WoW with patches has gotten a little bit better about that, but it's it's definitely far from perfect. Yeah. 
And if you're running a full guild group or if you're running a pug, this should all try to, you know, you should try to talk about everything beforehand. Talk about strategy. Talk about how you're going to run things because I know we have a lot of problems. Also, if you're the leader, be very open and be able to discuss the strategies. Don't have your one set way. And you might also want to try to ask whether everybody in your group has run this before because sometimes you get people who haven't run it before and they might need to know how to fight a boss if there's a specific strategy. It's not just a go in and kill him kind of deal. If there's, you know, bosses have tendencies to have things up their sleeve to somebody who's never run it. Mm-hmm. Also... Oh, the leader. Always tag, raid-wise. Tried to tag, at least. Um, such as, make a star for polymorph. Make a circle for sap. Be specific. Make it very clear in the beginning of the instance what we'll use what. Be very clear on what to kill and what not to kill based on using the raiding icons. Because that really, really helps. And I really, as a mage, I hate it when something's marked polymorph, so I polymorph it. And then they break it right away because no one's paid attention. So if you're group leader, you want to make that very, very clear. Yeah, I really dislike that, especially when I'm trying to, like, stop, or not stop, undead. Wow, I forgot. Shackle there undead. you go. <laughs> or some, yeah, I'm, I had to go look at it because I'm playing. But <laughs> like, especially when I'm trying to shackle something and they break it or they break the sheep like right after because they're not either paying attention to the marked or nobody marked it in the first place. Really does get other people's skin. And a lot of the times that what causes the wipes because right away not everybody realizes that, you know, the sheep has been broken and we need to re-sheep it. So it really just... It's common sense in a lot of the ways. Also, use common decency and be polite. I know that sounds really, really dumb and really, really easy, but, uh, well, it didn't work out that I've had so many groups where people are just really rude, and you really, even if people are rude to you, if you're polite, you're more likely to get a group again, and... It just makes life a lot easier. So try to be polite, even if other people aren't. Also, don't be afraid to try non-traditional mixes, especially if you're role-playing. You know, um, I was going into Quill Fang the other night, and we had two druids and no tank. The druids were going to tank, and neither of them were built to tank. But we were going to anyways because it's fun and because you can role-play it. If you wipe, you wipe. You can always change it up later and try again. Have fun with it. Don't stress about classes. If you get distressing about classes and become really hardcore, you're going to lose interest in the game, and it's suddenly not going to seem so fun. Yeah, but you probably want a healer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of our one of our druids, yeah, a very um... good healer, and then we also <laughs> found a priest who could go with us. So we had a healer and a backup healer. Yeah. Healers are always very important. Druids can pretty much. One man, anything. Yeah, it's great. You can uh, take a full group I of druids, druids to anything. I love it. Jeez, they kill me so much. <laughs> but pretty much druids are invincible, and they're almost as god mode as warlocks are, which is kind of off topic, but I found it necessary to say. But 
a lot of the times you just you want a tank. You don't have to have one because rogues are off tanks a lot of the time, and so are paladins. So you can improvise. I know that I've had a lot of druids. You know they were feral. They would tank and that sort of thing. But the two main things that keep a group stable is a tank and a healer. And at least one DPS. But it really all varies. Yeah, well. you can have a lot of fun with, though, even if you wipe. Also, pay attention to party chat. Separate it into a different window from guild chat, especially if you're in a large group such as the instances AIE, because I know I have to turn guild chat off because it's just too much and I can't keep track of party chat. And you can create a separate window or a separate tab and keep track, um, because people might actually be talking to you. Even if you're using Ventrilo, I suggest using it, because a lot of add-ons will automatically yell out and say things like if a warrior charges, and sometimes it's kind of important to pay attention to little things like that. And people just love you a whole lot more, because if you're totally spacing out like I do, because I'm PvPing and recording right now, um, I just, I heal bot people, but you want to pay attention to what you're doing. In this case, it's probably acceptable, but all the same, just, you want to make the run go smooth all yeah. together. Oh, asking a healer for a heal is like telling the tank to stop messing around and hit him. Don't bother. Don't bother to tell the healer, I need healing, because if they're healers and their purpose is healing, and they're there to heal the group as a healer, well, by gosh, I think they're going to be paying attention to whether you need healing or not. I get that. So I much. hate it. I used to be oh a healer gosh. in other games. I gosh. stopped. I, I've never played a healer in WoW for good reason, because it's just not... Just don't ask them. It's just... Oh, and don't think you're the most important person that needs to be healed. I get that one, too. Heal me, I'm better. No, no heal me, I'm better. I'm more important. Okay, let the healer decide who's more important. Let the healer see how the group is working and who they can keep alive so that you can rest whoever you can't keep alive. And a lot of the time, if the healer's over level 60, you begin to wonder if they know what they're doing. Because I tell people, I've been healing for 70 levels. Do not tell me how to heal unless you want to do it yourself which didn't make me very many friends, but it's really honest, is that if somebody dies and I can't heal them and they're not the tank, then they should just be quiet. Because the tank is normally the person who can hit harder and keep the group alive, and that's who you really want to heal first, in my opinion. I think I have a good judgment of who or who not I want to heal. It's turning to a that's okay. Session. Oh, well, oh, well, I, I need <laughs> Also, if the healer saves your butt, say thank you. It makes a really big difference. If you're down to 1% health and they save your butt, you should really thank them. I know, because one of my best friends who who I know personally and who plays well with me, I thank her every gosh dang time she saves my butt because she has to do it a whole lot. And it can't be fun having to save somebody that quickly. And also, you want to know the difference between the certain classes. I mean, like their specs. Because you can have a priest who is shadow, and they're not main healer, and people don't know that a lot of the time, because they're too lazy to ask. Unless they, like, see them in shadow form. So you want to keep in mind that, sure, you have a druid, but they are not all feral, and they're not all resto, and you need to make sure you know that. Also, if someone pulls an extra mob, don't freak, don't flip out, don't go off on them. It happens. I do it. I can go into Scarlet Monastery at level 64 and I've pulled too much. Eno can tell you. 
I experimented one time to see exactly how much I could pull. Which, as a mage, is not smart <laughs> as a coffee. You'll get critical hitted with the marshmallow a lot of the time because their health is so low, but they have a lot of power. Which is what I've learned is that you can't you can solo as long as you're careful. And apologize if you're the one who pulls the extra mob, and try not to do it three or four times because then it starts to get suspicious. I know because I've had some in some pugs where people just decide, ooh, let's see, the mage doesn't have mana, the priest doesn't have mana, I'm going to pull anyways and say it's on accident. I have had people do that. I don't suggest doing it. It's not the smartest thing, and people will hate you for it, especially when you're getting into higher areas, like when you're having to run heroics or just raids in general. If you're going around healing, or not healing, pulling mobs, when the priest has zero mana to heal you, and what I really hate when I was a lower level is that the tanks would aggro the whole instance, and I was drinking, and I couldn't heal them, and they would yell at me because I couldn't heal them. And, of course, all of this is especially important whether you're role-playing or not. This is just basic stuff that, like I said, I assumed in, in all guild group that everybody knew. I mean, we're in all guild group. We run lots of instances. We're a role-play guild. We're sitting there role-playing. I got disconnected, and I was leader, and I logged back in, and I wasn't leader, and I couldn't get it back. And then we had a guy who wasn't listening to anybody else's strategy, and assuming we were all idiots. I mean, it was crazy. And I'm not going to mention names or guilds because the guild master will know exactly who I'm talking about. And this was a couple. And even though you really want to, and it would feel really good. I know. I, I really <laughs> want to, but at the same part, it's like, eh, okay, I'm not going to make this person feel really, really horrible. I've already done it once. But, you know, it's all been taken care of at this point. But that was a couple weeks ago, but every time I run, you know. I, I keep thinking more and more about, gee, how people don't know group etiquette, basic group etiquette. And then when you get into role-playing, you really need to use etiquette because, well, you're role-playing. Um, it kind of makes sense. Yep. And, I mean, if you're role-playing, more than likely, unless it's your character and you're in character, you're going to be polite. Now, if you're in character and your character is rude, there's a little bit of understanding, assuming the group knows what's going on. But, you know, you still, especially if you're on vent or something, you shouldn't sit there and yell at somebody constantly for little stuff. You really just have fun. Go role play. Don't role, you know, if you don't want to role play, don't tell the group. You guys don't have to role play, especially not in party chat. You know, um, if you don't want to take the two extra seconds to make it sound like role play, don't worry about it. Do what you want to do and be done with it. And we actually know a couple of guys who they role-play in Ventrilo, which I haven't actually heard for myself, but I heard it gets pretty wacky in there as well. So that's also another alternative, if you want to be really bold, though. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun, and as long as everybody, you know, goes along with basic etiquette, you can have fun, you can role-play, you can clear the dungeon and then go run back around and kill Respawn as you role-play, and that's a lot of fun. But you want to be in a good group, and one of the things that make it a good group is being polite to others, and it lets people want to quest with you. Also, beware of raiding mods. A lot of people are starting to use raiding mods so that they can rate if you are nice or not, or if you go AFK a lot or not, and things like that. And other people can look and see that, and it's a little bit scary knowing that. 
So maybe that'll scare some of you guys into being nice. Haha. -ha. Good luck. Oh, but also one thing I forgot to mention back to Battle Cry is that you can also use that as a rating tool as well. Yes. Oh, the other thing I love about Battle Cry is you can set that to roleplay for you in the instance. If you don't have enough time to try to type and talk as well as sit and, you know, say what's going on and try to do your damage and all this other stuff, use Battle Cry. You can set how often it shouts things. You can sit there and set a bunch of stuff so that, and you can set it before you start the instance to go along with the instance, and then it's sitting there saying things for you. And you don't have to worry about it because it's going along and it's saying all this stuff for you, and you don't have to worry about typing it. So if you're one of those people that's really concerned, don't worry about it. It'll be all right. You can. There's lots of add-ons. Add-ons are your friend. Just don't install 50 of them. And also, test out your mods before you use it. So I have mods where I was raiding once, and I didn't quite know how it worked. It was a healing mod. Um, yeah, my group kind of hated me because I didn't really know how it worked. And so they're like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, no, it's this new mod I have. And they're like, well, turn it off because you're not using it right. So you want to make sure everything's all set and that you're ready as Yeah, well. don't try and add on out for the first time in an instance. It's a really bad idea. I've done that, too. Thankfully, I've never tried anything that serious, but um, I've definitely had some stuff where suddenly I had a bunch of screens up, and I didn't know it, and it was because of an add-on, and I couldn't see what I was targeting, and I couldn't see what to hit, and that wasn't any fun. Yeah, <laughs> I've done all that stuff. I've pretty much figured out did not do yep. that. <laughs> People don't, they don't thank you for that later. They'll remember you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Also, beware of reporting. Another reason to be nice and have good group etiquette is reporting. I do it. So don't cross my path if you don't want to be reported. Or report to other guilds. If you've got someone who's really rude, who's ninja looting, who's begging, go report it. Look at their guild tag. Do slash who and then the guild. Whisper someone, most likely if they're an upper level, they're an officer. Find the highest level you can whisper and ask who the guildmaster is. Put them on your friends list. As soon as they get on, tell them what's going on. Nine times out of ten, they'll be reprimanded and they'll get in trouble with their guild. And people respond to that a lot better than a group of people that they'll never meet again telling them off. I do it all the time. I can't stand gold begging. I can't stand running begging. And I get that a lot when I'm in Stormwind on Blackwater Raiders. So I report them to the guilds and they get a lot of time they'll get in trouble and they stop. Or they change guilds. And if you want to change guild to a guild that allows that, feel free. But nine times out of ten, a guild's not going to want you to. Yeah, but a lot of things go on in Blackwater Raiders. I've had not very fun experiences on that server. Yeah, avoid Stormwind, but avoid Goldshire, and that server's great. Please avoid yeah. Goldshire. Please, just... Don't go there. <laughs> all right. Well, that's pretty much all for group etiquette. Yeah. That's only covering the surfaces of it. There is a lot to group etiquette. There is a lot to grouping. There is a lot with different instances. But just be cautious and aware. And your run will go so much smoother. Now, on to the lore. <laughs> okay, the lore this week <laughs> is having to do with a server. Me and Deadly both play over on the Earth and Ring server. What most people don't realize is Earth and Ring is a group. 
It's an organization within the game that has some lore behind it. So in honor of that, I am doing Earthen Ring this week. It's similar to Sonarin Circle, which of course is the group for druids. Earthen Ring is a council of powerful shamans who command a great deal of respect in the inner workings of the Horde. For the Horde! Okay, sorry, had to throw that in there. <laughs> when the Forsaken first asked to join the Horn, Thrall would have refused if not for the Earthen Ring's urchings. Members of the Earthen Ring believe that the Forsaken can be cured of their plague of undeath. And as the Horde reached Outland, which was their homeland, they were able to bolster their ranks within the Earthen Ring in the Grand, in the shadow of Oshugan, the spirit mountain where orcs traveled for generations in search of shamanistic wisdom in connection with the ancestors and the elements. As Draenei are also now regaining their shamanistic past, there are even broken and Draenei shamans within the Earthen Ring. Now, I've been questing in the ground, so I've seen a good bit of this, and it's pretty cool, and they're very much, you know, all about the elements, which of course has to do with shamans, so it really ties in well. And you used to be able to gain faction with them, but as of the recent 2.0.1, nada. You can no longer gain reputation with them, unfortunately. But they're pretty cool, and, you know, everybody knows about Scenarian Circle with the Druids, but not a lot of people realize that Earthen Ring has to do with the Shamans. Which I didn't know either until now. I actually learned about my main server, which, once again, sorry. <laughs> Two nights in a row now. Okay. Oh, yeah. We had to tell the recording yeah. yesterday. <laughs> so please excuse the delay in the show keeps getting delayed due to a bunch of different things. But anyways, she's on the Stormscale server, and Stormscale have to do with Nagas, and I'm leaving it at that. Go look it up on WoW Wiki. Yes, yes. I remember. Nagas. Yes. The, the fish yes. thing. People. The half fish, half, <laughs> half people, half something. Anyways, go check out WoW Wiki if you really want to know, because that's where I found Which a, a lot of my stuff. That and reading quest logs. I actually read quests, believe it or not. Really helps. I don't read quest logs. You do or don't? I read the orphan one. That one was adorable because they called me Miss Ayumi. Uh, that was so much yeah. fun. Oh wait, until I went to the Outlands one. I yeah, actually that was quite easy. If you just take all the portals, and I had a Draenei girl named. Yeah, Dora. well, I found a glitch with that quest, so yeah, we're not even gonna go there because thanks to a glitch, it took me over an hour. Wow, I just oh my gosh, that's so off topic. I should go ahead. mention it. Why not? <laughs> Okay, so the other night, um, me and my friend were in, oh, the, and in Silvermoon. We ran into some stuff we really didn't want to see with some two elves, and yeah. So my friend just messaged me on AIM, and this guy I know who pretty much hates me now because my character denied him because she didn't like him, and he got all mad about it. Yeah, he just ran into him in an inn and on bed with some chicken. That tells you anything. Let's disturb. Oh, God, yes. And it's Goldshire, and it's not Goldshire for one. ERP seems to be spreading, unfortunately. Oh, there's a good group etiquette that I didn't mention for role-playing. If you get a group for ERP, go in an instance. Or go somewhere way, way out of the way and keep it to party chat. Please, 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 it saves me the agony and the... There are a wow. lot of kids who play this game. There are a lot of adults who play the game, but there are a lot of adults who play with their kids. Uh, my little sister is in the room a lot, and I really, you know, 
she's only four, but I still don't, I won't walk into Goldshire when she's around. Go somewhere else if you're going to do that kind of stuff. I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm not going to give it an opinion, but I am saying go into an instance or way, way out of the way so no one can see your emotes or hear what you say. Please, please, please. I have to explain to my mom now what I'm talking about. She's staring at me like I'm weird, but yeah, just just don't, please. <laughs> because even people who are your age do not want to see that, and especially not at 2 in the morning where it's completely random. Because people are talking about that on trade chat, so it was kind of a whole global thing, and it was just, ew, sorry. That's okay. Out. It's all about role-playing. As long as we're still talking about role-playing, we're good. Okay. Well, with that, we finished the show. It's a kind of shorter show, but that's okay. We have our shorter shows and our longer shows. And so let's tell you how to get a hold of us. First of all, we have our email, rptavern at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. We love to hear from you guys. If you have anything you want us to say about group etiquette, if you have anything you think we didn't cover that was important, let me know. I'll put it on the next show. You can also contact us through Skype at RP Tavern is our username. Give us a call. It'll send you to our voicemail where you can leave us a message to play on the show. Sorry for the downtime. Um, I was out of town last week, so I shut my computers down because it's a waste of energy. And um, I've also had some hardware problems with my computer crashing. So it goes up and down. I try to get keep it up as much as possible, though. The website is rptavern.blogspot.com. We keep you guys updated there. We have our character blogs. We have some really cool resource links there. We always put up, if there's a show delay, I try to keep that updated as much as possible with news and that kind of stuff. We also, on the right-hand side, we now have donation buttons. Please, please, please donate to us. We're trying to get our own .com site. And as soon as we get our own .com site, that site will not just be for this podcast. It will be a resource that will have news and role-play articles and role-play guides and lore and anything else we can think of. And I plan to build this great big database for role-players, but we can't do it without your help because both of us are full-time students, which means zero money from our bank, our own bank accounts. So we're trying... And I don't have a job yet. Okay, Not I have yet. two jobs, but <laughs> I'm still broke because I just had a month off and I went to Florida. And I'm getting ready to start yeah, college, and I'm in the middle of summer courses. So as two full-time students, we're pretty broke. So we're trying to run totally off of donations, and it might you know, be me buckling down for the last few dollars. But we're trying really hard to get some donations, so please help us out. I'm begging, even though I shouldn't be. Now I sound like a gold beggar, but that's okay. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> It's for educational That's purposes. true. At least we're trying to use it for something other than, I need gold for my mouth. Okay, we're going to stop there. Cause... But there's those really cute shoes I want. <laughs> Just so you all know, <laughs> she doesn't have access to the account, so you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about me. Yes, it would be nice. But, um, no, we really do want to get on our own .com site and make a resource. There are a lot of great resources out there. But we kind of want to try to bring it all into one central place because there are lots of wikis or roleplay wikis. There are server-to-server wikis. There's Rollcraft. There's WoW Wiki. There's WoWhead. There's so many resources, but there's not just one place where you can go and look it all up. So that's my plan is to bring everything together, all the links, all the lore, all the everything into one little bundled package for you guys. So as we get the money. 
So, with that, <laughs> I'm Demis. I'm And Maggie. see you guys at episode 10. your fingers that this is going to make a loud beeping noise.